Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a bizarre tradition that involves racing against a giant wheel of cheese, how you're a totally different person in the morning than you are late at night, and how you can alter your consciousness using nothing more than eye contact. We originally ran these stories on July 6th, 2018, and they're so good we remastered them just for you. Plus, stick around for a brand new recap segment at the end of today's episode to hear our fresh takes on all of today's stories and other hilarity that only we are capable of. But right now, let's satisfy some curiosity. So, before we relive these stories in all their glory, I need to give a little context to this first one. We've talked about a lot of strange traditions and weird history on Curiosity Daily, and this is no exception. Every year, there's an event where people chase a giant wheel of cheese down a hill that's so steep, people walk away with several injuries and broken bones. The event we're about to talk about was canceled in 2020 and in 2021 due to COVID, but a one-man variation of it did take place in May 2020. We'll talk about that at the end of today's episode, but we thought this context would help you enjoy this story a little better. Have fun! Ashley, do you like cheese? I love cheese. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Good talk. (laughs) Cool. I have no follow-up to that. (laughs) Well, today we're going to start with a story that we just have to talk about. The Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling Contest was first recorded about 200 years ago in southwest England. That first recorded race was in 1826, but the actual event might be older, and honestly, nobody really knows why it started in the first place. To our knowledge, it's the only event where people compete to win a wheel of cheese by chasing it down a hill. People run down a ridiculously steep hill chasing a giant eight-pound wheel of cheese that rolls down at up to 70 miles an hour, to give you an idea of how steep this is. The official competition was canceled in 2010 because the event was so popular and attracted such huge crowds, emergency vehicles couldn't get through to the runners sustaining concussions and other injuries. But the competition still takes place every year unofficially, and the winner of the 2018 women's competition dislocated a shoulder before she got to the bottom and ended up having to hold up the cheese triumphantly in the non-dislocated arm. And other winners have gotten pretty busted up, including broken bones and internal injuries. I think they said like a bruised liver or something. Yeah, (laughs) it's just ridiculous. It really is. It's just people flinging themselves down. Apparently, the best way to win is by keeping yourself upright. Because I would think that maybe just rolling would be like the fastest way to go, but you probably hurt yourself too much. Yeah, no, you see people and it looks like they're just running and then all of a sudden they're flipping forward and just, yeah. Face full of mud. Cody, do you tend to tweet more in the morning or at night? Ooh, I'm like a commute tweeter. Oh, okay. So kind of then. I Honestly, I retweet so much more than I actually tweet. Right. How about you? I tweet a lot during the work day. But I, I'm very I'm a very different tweeter at different times of day. At nighttime, I'm more likely to tweet something funny or retweet something weird I saw. And then during the day, it's more like, oh, science, 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 science. You know, <laughs> that's how I imagine you talking in all your tweets. <laughs> exactly. That's your Twitter voice. Well, a massive new study kind of bears this out, this this split personality that I have on Twitter, because it says that you're a totally different person in the morning than you are at night. Researchers from the University of Bristol analyzed four years of tweets from the 54 largest cities in the UK. That is 800 million tweets containing 7 billion words, not counting links, hashtags, or emoji. And they found clear patterns in behavior. 
Some were obvious, like people talking about their family more on weekends and food during mealtimes. But the biggest differences happened between morning and night. From early to mid-morning, people were clearly focused on achievement and power. Tweets also showed signs of categorical and analytical thinking, meaning lots of nouns, articles, and prepositions, which other studies have linked to intelligence and education. Moods were also a bit lower than during weekends, which is when the authors say people have more of a feel-good time. Then, starting the late night and peaking in the wee hours of the morning, tweets took a darker, more existential turn. Words that suggested anxiety, sadness, and other negative emotions were more common, along with talk about religion. Death-related words were most common at 3 a.m. Interestingly, netspeak was at its all-time high at midnight, and comparative words peaked an hour later. What is netspeak? It's like lol and pwned. Gamers. Yeah, gamers speak. Gamer kinda. talk and also elite yeah, pwnage. Exactly. Internet. Okay. And the researchers say this all makes sense because of your body's circadian rhythm. That's what controls things like your sleep cycles and metabolism. It also explains why you might feel refreshed in the morning but need a nap after lunch. This all gets affected by the hormones your body produces, like cortisol and melatonin. Cortisol production happens to peak between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. when people are the most analytical and hits an all-time low in the middle of the night, which is when people talk about death and religion. So if you feel like you're a totally different person in the morning than you are at night, then don't worry. You're not alone. I'm not even a person in the morning. <laughs> Before 9 a.m., 9.30 Forget about it. I'm more of a person in the morning, and then I just start to lose steam near the end of the day. Oh. Probably because I get up so early. Sorry we record so late in the day. <laughs> so late. All right, Ashley, what's the longest you've ever made eye contact with somebody? Oh, gosh. I'm very bad at eye contact. I've been working. That's like a thing that I have actively worked on throughout my life because eye contact's hard for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like really aware of how much eye contact I'm having with you. Well, yeah, now we're talking now about it's it. Weird. It's freaking both of us out. Yeah. So let's just, just stop. Let's look at something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to a 2015 study, you can actually induce an altered state of consciousness using eye contact. Ooh. And no drugs. Winners don't do drugs, kids. Don't be a fool. Stay in school, <laughs> etc. Italian psychologist Giovanni Caputo says that all you need to do is stare into a stranger's eyes for 10 straight minutes in a dimly lit room. Good luck doing that one on a first date. <laughs> I, oh, I God, actually, that'd be the creepiest first date. <laughs> I would love to do that on a first date. The researchers asked 20 young adults, mostly women, to do this for a study, and participants said they had had, quote, a compelling experience unlike anything they'd felt before, unquote. They reported that color seemed less intense, sound seemed quieter or louder than expected, and time seemed to move more slowly than usual, and that they just felt spaced out in general. 90% of participants also said they'd seen some deformed facial traits, 75% said they had seen a monster, 50% said they saw hints of their own face in the other person's face, and 15% said they had seen a relative's face. And remember, no drugs were involved. Scientific American wrote that this weird outcome was probably thanks to a thing called neural adaptation, which is when neurons decrease or stop their response to unchanging stimulation. Similar weird things happened in a 2010 study that had people stare at themselves in a mirror for a long time, but the results weren't as extreme as they were here. Please email us if you try this. Oh, man, I really want to try this. It's got to be a stranger, though. Why? Wait, why does it have to be a stranger? Well, the study used it with a stranger's eyes. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe it'll work if you know the person. Because there's also that theory that's like if you stare into each other's eyes for like 
four minutes you fall in love or something. Oh, is that so? A maybe thing? they're in love now. I don't that. Don't quote me on that. That is probably not <laughs> science, but that's like a thing that goes around that people say. Love things that go around that people say. <laughs> Do not quote us. Do but not. Seriously, if you stare into someone's eyes for ten minutes, let us know how that goes. Hey, we're back in 2022. Let's do a quick recap of what we learned today. Starting with the fact that the Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling Contest is a 200-year-old tradition in Southwest England. Nobody really knows why it got started, but it involved a bunch of people running down a ridiculously steep hill chasing an eight-pound wheel of cheese, rolling at up to 70 miles an hour. And in metric, that is 3.6 kilograms of cheese rolling at 113 kilometers per hour. So pretty fast. Yeah, and like Ashley said earlier, the event was canceled in 2020 and 2021 due to COVID. But the event has a master of cheese, this guy named Jem Wakeman. And he kept the tradition alive with his own one-man cheese rolling competition in May 2020. He rolled the cheese down an empty hill shortly after sunrise at about 5.30 in the morning. Now, the race traditionally begins around noon, but it's probably good he got an early start because local police actually posted extra patrols that day to make sure people didn't show up to participate unofficially, you know, because of COVID. A spokesperson for the police said that, quote, the event usually attracts up to 8,000 participants and spectators, unquote. Pretty popular. You remember May 2020 when people were doing all sorts of things like this, like... Figuring out ways to do our regular traditions safely and solo. Aren't we still figuring out? I mean, we are. It's a little easier these days with vaccines. But I remember I I ran my own marathon. I made a little bib for myself. That's right. I like laid out my clothes the night before. I took pictures and my boyfriend at the time, not even fiance, I think, held up a sign at the very end when I got back to my apartment saying, you did it. <laughs> I remember that you were still living in Chicago. And mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, I was like blown away because I was like, well, what about the streets? Like they didn't stop traffic. Didn't you have to stop and, and all that stuff? Right. Well, when it's just you, you have room to run on the sidewalk. But this is when so many cities around the world were like closing beaches and public parks to keep people from congregating, which... Honestly, seemed like a bad idea, but I, I get we didn't we didn't really know enough back then. But so the so the Lakeshore path where I would usually run, where there's plenty of room to run an entire marathon, it was closed. So I had to like plan myself a little route through neighborhoods and stuff. So it was actually more challenging than it would have been. <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> if you've if you've ever thought to yourself, I'm not sure if Ashley is that dedicated. <laughs> Play back the last minute or so. I mean, <laughs> wow. It was fun. I was glad I did it. Well, we also learned that you're a different person in the morning than you are at night. An analysis of 800 million tweets showed that in the morning, people are focused on achievements and power, and they show signs of analytical thinking. And from late at night to the very early hours of the morning, tweets take a darker turn with words suggesting anxiety and sadness and other negative emotions. Death-related words were most common around 3 in the morning, and researchers blame all of this on your circadian rhythm. And that's a good thing to keep in mind before the next time you hit that tweet button. And speaking of things we don't do anymore, I like that I said that I'm a commute tweeter, and I haven't commuted anywhere in like two years. So Right. Yeah. What kind of tweeter are you these days? Not an active one. Not a very active one, I gotta say. Hmm. Uh, I'm still kind of a serial retweeter. So yeah, not much has changed. How about you? 
I'm still a jokes at night, science, science, science in the morning. Pretty, pretty much the same person. Yeah. Yeah. You're also still yeah. better than me at Twitter. You have like a gazillion more followers than me. I have more followers, but you get way more likes. I'm just saying your stuff's way funnier. It hits. Every time I see an Ashley tweet, I'm like, that's a good tweet. That could go viral at any second. <laughs> it could. And they, and they usually do like once a week, once every week or two, I think. No. Pretty, uh, pretty good guarantee no. you've got a semi-viral tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Then I'll tweet something in the middle of the night about how much I hated the movie The Lighthouse, which is by far the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Don't watch that movie. I know I'm going to get angry tweets for this. See, this is why I don't tweet, because I say things like that, and then I, no one cares. No one cares. Moving on. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like a viral tweet to me. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> saying that you hate something, like, why wouldn't anyone retweet that? No, I've got a 90% on Metacritic, so I am the wrong one here. Apparently. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's bad. Even though it's bad. <laughs> I've never even heard of that movie. Anyway, um. <laughs> uh, let me summarize it. It's two very angry pirates screaming at each other in black and white with various random dream sequences inserted for no reason. It's kind of like a high school production impersonation of a David Lynch movie, but done more poorly. See, you, you made this sound amazing. Like, I have to watch this. <laughs> no. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, we also learned that you can induce an altered state of consciousness by staring into a stranger's eyes for 10 minutes straight in a dimly lit room. In a small study of 20 young adults who did this, they said they experienced colors and sounds and even time differently. And the majority said they'd seen deformed facial traits, hints of their own face in the other person's face, and even a monster. This might have been thanks to neural adaptation, which is when neurons decrease or stop their response to unchanging stimulation. But more importantly, please let us know if you try this. You can always find us on Twitter. I mean, I'd imagine that this same thing would happen if you just stared at a wall for a really long time. Neural adaptation is neural adaptation, but there's probably an extra spice to it when you're looking into a stranger's eyes because they're experiencing the same thing. Way to bring it back around. We were just talking about things you can safely do alone. Hey. And so if you can't do this experiment with a complete stranger, just stare at your wall. Perfect. Just, you know, that's what we're here for on Curiosity Daily. Fun things you can do at home by yourself. Staring at a wall. Just try staring at a wall. Hey, listen, you can do it while you're listening to Curiosity Daily. That's true. You can. It's a win-win. I wonder if you listen to Curiosity Daily for a really, really, really long time, if our voices will start to morph. Oh, no. And sound weird. I bet they will. Like a sensory deprivation thing, put on a face mask and headphones, so all you have is that? Oh, man. I Please don't do that. I don't <laughs> want my voice to haunt anyone. <laughs> Today's writers were Annie Hartman, Ashley Hamer, and Joni Folletto. Curiosity Daily is distributed by Discovery. Let's have a staring contest right now. Okay, go. We don't have time for it, Cody. <laughs> no, I'm staring at the listener. Oh, <laughs> they don't have time for it either. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. You'll have to find out by joining us again next time to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.